You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ariel Hawani, host of the MMA Hour on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Each week, we interview the biggest names in the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. So tune in live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern over at MMAfighting.com or download the show afterwards on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you then. Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. I'm Mike Prada, and the NBA season just about here. Look how awesome that is. But we still have two more team previews to get to. And on the first of those two, we talk about the San Antonio Spurs, a team that won 61 games last year, had an interesting summer. And by the way, we recorded this just after the news that LaMarcus Aldridge has signed a three-year $72.7 million extension. So perfect timing. We brought on two folks who know this team inside and out, J.R. Wilco and Bruno Passos from Pounding the Rock, our SB Nation Spurs site. We get their instant reactions to the LaMarcus Aldridge signing. We talk about this interesting summer they had where we thought they were making a big splash and then they kind of didn't. And now where do they go from here? We talk about Kawhi Leonard's injury. We talk about how this team is kind of changing in subtle, interesting ways that you might not notice unless you watch them Regularly. They're getting a little bit younger. They're opening the game up a little bit more. And we'll talk a little bit also about Rudy Gay, how he fits in, why Spurs fans love DeJounte Murray, and of course, does Kawhi Leonard win MVP and how do they match up with the Warriors? This is the Limited Upside Podcast. You're listening to the 29th of 30 of our SB Nation team previews where we talk to members of the SB Nation communities and other friends of the podcast fans to get their sense of how they're feeling when the season starts. Every team works. Worse than the Spurs is already on our feed dating back to August. So if you're a fan of any of those teams, be sure to check it out on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down in our feed. Leave us a review. We love the five stars. We also love the constructive criticism. It's the perfect way to get you ready for this NBA season. You can also check us out anywhere you get your podcast: Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and on SBNation.com. Team preview number 2930, the San Antonio Spurs. The NBA season almost here. This is the Limited Upside Podcast. Welcome back. Limited Upside team preview number 29 of 30. And wow, we timed this one perfectly. The San Antonio Spurs, we've got J.R. Wilco and Bruno Passos from Pounding the Rock, SB Nation's Spurs site. And guys, five minutes ago, LaMarcus Aldridge has a contract extension. What? I didn't hear about this. Yeah. Amazing. Why didn't, why didn't somebody tell me? It was amazing. Three years, $72.7 million, according to Woj. Like, when we scheduled this, by the way, and I heard the rumors, I was freaking out that we were going to record this and then he would sign it. So uh, now he has signed it. This is a surprise to me, but uh, I guess we'll start, JR. Like, what's your reaction to this? I have a friend whose head's exploding right now, like literally right now. We, we just got, I just got off the phone with him about 20 minutes ago, and he was like, as long as it's below 20 million, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, that he's, he's pretty extreme, though. Uh, this is classic Spurs. I mean, they, they're loyal to their guys when they're playing. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more than I would, I would have preferred that they pay for him. But 
when you when you run the numbers on this and look at everything LaMarcus gives them, even last year, what would generally be considered a down year, like who else can you get? Who, who else is out there that you could pay this much money to who would like whether or not they would play in, in San Antonio? Just who's out there that, that does what LaMarcus can do? And would and and you could sign for as much or less, and there's no one. So, Bruno, what do you think? Yeah, uh, like you, uh, I'm 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 absolutely fine with it. Um, uh, it's been said before, but uh, last two years, Lamarcus has been the second best player on a team that's won 67 and 61 games. Uh, if you compare it to other deals that have been made over the last few years, LaMarcus is still getting paid less per year than guys like uh, DeMar DeRozan, Al Horford, Otto Porter, uh, Paul Millsap. Uh, so, you know, you, you can't, you can't really fault it too much. I don't think. And the Spurs are obviously um, betting on uh, Aldridge feeling, feeling good about being with the team still. And uh, I, I think it, it bodes well for stability and for more wins in the, the years to come. So from the outside, LaMarcus is sort of this like, blah personality, blah sort of reputation. The thought is it hasn't quite fit in as well as you had hoped. He had this whole heart-to-heart with Greg Popovich over the summer where he said he needed to do more to feel like he was involved and he's past 30. So it almost had gotten to the point where people were like, this dude just isn't good anymore. There's just something missing. So you're saying that that is overstated. The way, Here's the way I would put it. Uh, when LaMarcus first agreed to, to come over, Pop said, hey, we're going to work this out. We're, we're going to find a way to, to, to keep him happy and, and get him his shots, but also work him into the system. That was when Duncan was still here. That's when uh, Kawhi Leonard was still a, a budding star. Duncan leaves. Kawhi turns into an MVP candidate, and, and LaMarcus is kind of maybe feeling marginalized and probably f- Probably this is full on speculation here, by the way, but probably feeling somewhat, uh, you know, c- kind of like, well, hey, well, what about me? And just and just probably doing what he did in Portland, which is maybe withdraw and maybe, you know, internally at least uh, pout a bit. And um, and and so he does that for a while. He he makes some noise on social media by deleting the same tweets that he celebrated his original signing with. I, I thought that was hilarious, by the way. Taking, oh, these are not here anymore. I'm just going to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He changed his Instagram post to take out San Antonio Spurs forward and just put basketball player in there. You know, so, you know, the kind of mature, classy stuff that you would expect from a San Antonio Spur, right? <laughs> so we were all just like, well, I mean, I, a, a trade is coming at this point. I mean, they can't keep him and they couldn't find any takers. I absolutely believe they were trying to move him, by the way, but they couldn't find any takers. He's still here. And really, San Antonio was holding all the cards. Right. Well, yeah, like what, what are they was... doing here? That's what I'm confused by. It doesn't it my first thought was, oh, this gives them more cap space next year because maybe it lowers his number and you think he's going to opt in, but it looks like he's going to make more annually on this current deal. So I'm I'm right. sort of so, scratching my head. Yeah, so so this is the way that the Spurs work, right? So um they can't move him and they're holding all the cards as I was saying, right? Like what's LaMarcus going to do? Is he going to they're going to they're going to say, "Well, you need to play the 5." I don't like to play the 5. And he's going to pout and look awful and then opt out and no one wants to take him. <laughs> Whatever. No, they they're going to say, "LaMarcus, if you feel like uh doing this at all, uh you know, making a little money, um then you're going to need to play really hard. Uh th- that's 
that obviously didn't happen. LaMarcus actually went to Pop and shared his concerns, and they both talked about it at the beginning of training camp. Pop said, I've done a poor job of, of, of working him in. And LaMarcus said, yeah, I, I, I was kind of sitting on how I felt. This is all paraphrased, by the way. It's kind of sitting on how I felt, and I talked with him, and, and we worked it out. And honestly, since, the, since he said that, and his demeanor was entirely different, in, in, in that in that in, in the whole exchange with the media there, he seemed open, he seemed honest, and he has played uh, it's just the attitude that I've noticed from him as he's played is completely bought in, completely full bore ahead, shooting threes, working hard on defense, um, not just settling for turnaround jumpers, but uh, but but setting setting things up that way to work his way in towards the basket, which when he's engaged is what he did he does. And he didn't do for most of the uh, second half of last season. And so the Spurs are, are at this point, I think, uh, I don't know, they're either, they're either working with him in order to see that he stays bought in or this is the way they're making sure he's bought in or they're going, all right, we're on the same page now. Everybody knows how to work with each other. LaMarcus, you're not going to sit there and turn into a shrinking violet and not talk to us when you're upset. And Pop, you know that if he's not talking to you and not, not playing excellent, then you're going to get in his face and say, talk to me. It's time to talk just like we did in the summer. Let's get mm-hmm. on the same page. Yeah. And. If you do all of that, then here's a guy that you know that you're going to want to have on your team for the next three years. It's a two-year deal with a third-year option, probably going to be a player option. So it's $24.1 million a year. Again, uh, good good, good money for what he gives you. And they're, they're been doing this because they're able to stay, stay on the same page with him because he came and talked to him. Hey, Bruno, we got a question from our longtime listener, TM Warning, about Aldridge, and then we'll actually talk about this team. It's totally tangentially related to Aldridge, but I think it speaks to where this franchise is right now. This idea of because we were not picturing Aldridge to be a big part of the team's future, a lot of people looked at 2018 as like, okay, now we can reconstruct the team around Kawhi Leonard with all this cap space. It doesn't seem like they're doing that now. Um, so what exactly are you? What exactly is this future? Because it also kind of seemed from the outside this year that they were gearing up for a big splash this year, chasing Chris Paul, chasing other players, but they didn't end up succeeding or ended up doing that. Uh, what exactly is this still a reset around Kawhi, or like what exactly is sort of do you think is the the five year plan for these guys now that Aldridge is under contract pass this year? Well, the team. First off, does generally do things by measures, it seems. So it's it was it would always be difficult to imagine this sort of full reset around Kawhi. Um, in terms of next summer, I think a lot of our sort of expectations for this big splash to happen uh, were tempered with Pau Gasol's deal uh, over the summer when he um, first opted out and then re-signed for uh, two years, one more year after that with the play, uh, team option. So uh, I think what people were sort of hoping for when, when we, we sort of, you know, adjusted the, um, the, the, the goalposts after that. Um, and then, yeah, there were still questions on, you know, it wasn't that Aldridge was definitely going to even opt out because he had that player option heading into next summer as did Danny green. So I think there were a lot of question marks, um, on what, what direction the team was going to go from that, from that summer on. So, um, I, I think in terms of having a, a good, clear picture of, of what the team's going to be. I think um, we, we now know that at least for the, the time being, LaMarcus will be that um, second banana to Kawhi. And it sounds like he's sort of bought into that and they're, they're, they're ready to go and see where that, where that can take him. Yeah. So let's not take a step back to this summer because uh, 
it all kind of connects. And the first question I was going to ask people, y'all, before LaMarcus Aldridge news broke was sort of what exactly is the mood of the fan base now? So they have a great year last year, and obviously their playoff hopes kind of got dashed by a Zaza Pachulia ankle turn on Kawhi Leonard. Who knows how that series might have gone? And then there was this thought that was like, oh, the Spurs of Capron. Watch out for the Spurs. They're going to make a big move. They're going to do something big to reshape their team. And this last year was a transitional year. And then they kind of brought the band back together on long-term contracts. And now they've done it again. So our Spurs, the, base, the Spurs have not given us many reasons to doubt them over the years. Any reasons, probably, <laughs> to doubt them over the years. But how are fans feeling about sort of... It sounds like they are, instead of kind of making going for that big move, they're still kind of valuing continuity. Were you surprised that that's what they ended up doing, JR? I'm a little, I, was, I was a little surprised that nothing happened, mainly because... Generally, you hear nothing in the press at all, and suddenly they do a deal. And the fact that there were so many rumors and they were popping so much throughout the summer, I was like, man, when there's smoke, smoke there's fire. Nobody talks inside like this. The, if, if they're doing stuff, it's because they're talking to other teams, and those teams are talking. Because when the Spurs drop stuff, it's like, boom, done mm-hmm. deal. Danny, Danny Green to the Indiana Pacers for that for that pick. Never saw it coming, right? Every, all of the... In 2011, all of that talk was about uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Tony Parker. Sorry, Kawhi yeah, Leonard. I'm sorry. What did, I say? what did I say? Danny Green. Yeah. I was oh, like, oh, that. wait, was there a trade that you were talking about? That I didn't yeah, catch? that's okay. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So George Hill. George Hill. That's great. I've got a thing where every once in a while I call George Hill, Danny Green. Advice for, <laughs> um, it's completely unintentional. Probably some Freudian slip in there. But uh, yeah, so George Hill for for the pick um, and, and the all of the. All of the talk at that at that point had been about how Tony Parker was was maybe going to get moved for someone. Mm-hmm. So so the fact that there was so much talk, I was like, man, they are trying to move Lamarcus. He's unhappy, obviously. Uh, we the only reason reason we know is because he's playing around on social media. But he's unhappy, and the Spurs are all and the Spurs always try to accommodate the guys who who don't want to stick around. So the fact that nothing happened, I was like, man, they couldn't get any takers. What does that say about the team? What does that say about LaMarcus? What does that say about the future? But but the way that everything kind of pans out from there, uh, getting on the same page with LaMarcus, a guy that they like, a guy who's been there two years already, again, again, a big in the in in the most regular season wins to in any two-year period in San Antonio Spurs history mm-hmm. that contains those five championships it's 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 hard to have a bad mood at this point uh I'm 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 continually amazed at the way that they run this franchise so well and I'm kind of sitting back going okay uh we'll see where it goes if this wasn't the Spurs though I feel like we would look at that summer and kind of wonder what was going on it's just that they've earned the benefit of the doubt right no one wants to criticize them because the last time, like how many, how for how many years has right <laughs> has been the standard? I'm like, I'm sorry, it's since the second championship they were calling the Spurs old, right? Since 2005, this has been an old team because obviously mm-hmm. at that point David yeah. Robinson, right? He was he was old and he was on his way. Of course, he retired at the end of that. But this entire thing is like the Spurs have been old for 12 years. Oh, this is the year. This is the year the Spurs drop off, and then they lead the league in wins. This is the, Spur- the year the Spurs drop off, and then they have the the, the, the most wins that they've ever had. Uh, even though they weren't, weren't the, like the the Warriors had that incredible year that year. But like year after year, it's like people just have stopped saying, "Okay, this is the year," and they're kind of stopped 
criticizing what looks silly because George Hill, who's he? Why they spend a first round pick on him? Well, you know, there's something in the air. That's for sure. Corey, Corey Joseph, why'd they pick him? Nobody would have picked him. They could have taken him after the draft. Well, they said they were going to pick him. And so they took him. And now he's one, you know, one of the best backup points in the league. So all of this has gone into uh, created this atmosphere where no one wants to criticize them. They were like, "Mm, it might look silly now, but in two or three years, somebody's going to send me the send me back this tweet. I'm preparing to tweet right now (laughs) how silly this is. Maybe I just won't tweet that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little odd, though. That that you have that like built in trust and it's great, but I just, I guess I maybe I maybe we overestimated the market. Like maybe we thought they maybe the issue was they really couldn't get these like top guys. Maybe they're deciding strategically that it doesn't make any sense. I just Pal Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge these contracts at least to my own version vision of the Spurs they don't feel Spurs like, which is why this is really interesting. They must have something up their sleeve. My guess is that they like their young guys enough to feel like that's where the growth is going to come from. And what really they need is guys to play the role Tim Duncan played at the end of his career to just, to just hold down the fort on defense score every once in a while, our wings and our, our young guys and our smalls are going to be, are going to be scoring the points. And we just need guys who know where they need to be on defense and do what they can to challenge shots, not necessarily just affect them, not necessarily block them, not necessarily go out of their, you know, just play, play crazy, right? LaMarcus can do that for the next couple of years as well. And just keep, keep that system in place that we can build on because we know what we can do when we've got a guy like that. We, we had 19 years with him and, and, and on defense, I've got no issues with LaMarcus at all. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty good Powell, defender. I mean, not against the Warriors necessarily, but against 29 other teams. I think he's pretty sure. good. So, yeah, I think that's definitely the case. It all starts with Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Yeah. Let's start with this, Bruno. What is going on with him injury-wise? Like, what exactly is this injury that's holding him out? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah, well, this Spurs, is very weird. Yeah, the Spurs, um, they, they don't really let too much get out on these things. Um, we hadn't really been hearing too much about him throughout uh, preseason. The, but you, you were getting a sense that maybe he wasn't ready to go. Like Players would not only talk about Tony Parker's injury, but also the sort of murky status around Kawhi, saying they weren't really sure when he was coming back. So I was already starting to get um, you know, this idea that maybe he wouldn't be around for uh, the season opener. Now, uh, how serious it is after that, it's, it's tough to say. You know, He's had this, um, some issues with his quadriceps before. So... Um, it will. I, I think only time and uh, eventually the Spurs PR will will tell on um, what what exactly is going on. <laughs> it will be time and not the Spurs PR. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? What is your level of concern if you had to put it on a scale of one to ten? It's not too high right now. I'd say you know I've I've heard the sort of take that uh the season is starting a bit earlier. So if this was happening last year uh, around this time in October, you know, who, who knows, Kawhi could still be good to go for that season opener. So it, it's just given the lack of information um, and the fact that we have sort of seen him, you know, walk, walk he doesn't look too bad walking around. He's, he, we've seen him uh, shoot, take a few shots um, at, like sort of after practice. And uh, yeah, I think for now, just uh, maybe temper the optimism a bit, but uh, I don't think it's really time exactly for concern just yet. So 1.5. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm coming up with your scale for you, but I, I figured I'd guess. So assuming <laughs> he is just fine, which let's hope, because if not, that's a huge, huge problem. What can he possibly do to build on last year? 
I mean, I think he should have won MVP last year. I, I We had our big MVP debate podcast uh, in April, and I was making the Kawhi case. So, I mean, they're going to need him to be, like, even better this year for them to compete with the Warriors. So, like, what exactly is there for him still left to do? Playmaking. Yeah, you mentioned that in the team preview. So, like, what exactly are you getting at? Because I believe his, his uh, assist numbers were up on his career averages from last year, but I could be wrong about that. So what exactly, it seems like he made some improvements anecdotally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but he bumped it up in the playoffs. Yeah. If playoff Kawhi and I'm not, and I'm not expecting playoff Kawhi throughout the entire regular season, as far as scoring was concerned, he was historic. Uh, the, 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 with the, with the postseason that he had, but if playoff Kawhi assist wise, shows up for the entire season, then we're going to, then, then I don't think there's anything that, that you can say that he hasn't done. And, and I think it'll be, it'll, he might be a shoe in if he does has, has the exact same season that he had last year, because, because MVP is a media award. Ugh, that us, means that there has dirty to be, media folks. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I know what you're saying. It, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's a, it's a 100% media award, which means I'm like, which means that the GM, uh, the, the GM poll that they had a couple weeks back, and, and and all the GMs picked LeBron James, right? Well, it, it, so that that doesn't matter at all because it's media, right? And media goes in in kind of a group think. There's kind of a consensus that forms on the guys around whom uh, that whole momentum starts. And it, and it, and Kawhi really didn't make that leap up with with Westbrook and with Harden until. That uh, that three that he hit and that block that he had on Harden against the Rockets, which was mm-hmm. a little too late for that really to solidify into enough people getting behind and being on on your side with with thinking that Kawhi was last year's MVP. This thing does happen a year late a lot of times. By the way, some of the stats on his passing, uh, his assist rate jumped from 13 to 18.9%, which is basically 18.9% of all uh teammate field goals were assisted by Kawhi when he was on the floor in the regular season that jumped all the way up to 22.4 in the playoffs so he did make a big jump you look at the way the offense was and it was very Kawhi centric with his isolation game and so he shot his shooting numbers were a little down but he was just carrying such a big load mm-hmm. and so that's what happened so it was striking to me that we talk about like the Spurs' beautiful game and all that but that was the Kawhi Leonard offense last year yeah I mean that, that's yeah. what it was it was the it was the beautiful game reserves and it was the Kawhi Leonard offense from the starters. Yeah. So one thing I'm curious about, uh, again, assuming he's healthy and Bruno, you can talk to this as well, is just so we know that this is sort of his game. You know, whether he can make more leaps with this playmaking, obviously he's not on LeBron's level or even Durant's or I mean he might be on Durant's level, but he's not like sort of that's not what he's known for. But this is now the type of team that they have. It's not the same as a Tim Duncan sort of type of team. It's a Kawhi Leonard offense. It also does seem, and you you brought this up in our team preview segment on the NBA preview that I didn't really comprehend. The team is much younger now, and it feels like it's last year was much more centered around sort of these. They didn't shoot a lot of threes. They played sort of an uh, old school style. This year, I mean, Bruno, do you see it opening up a little bit more? And how do you marry that with how Kawhi plays? I do. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, what we've seen in the preseason um, has been great. We've seen that uptick in the three point attempts per game, uh, but that was without Kawhi. So it's going to it's 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 going to take you have to sort of project a bit into how he'll be uh, 
fitting into that offense instead of someone a low usage player like Kyle Anderson with the starting guys. But still, um, it still seems like this is going to be an offense that's a bit more spread out. You have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously, is taking uh, a step back with his jumpers. And um, last year, he averaged around 0.8 three-point attempts per game. This year, uh, I imagine that'll, that'll double, maybe even get up close to two. And uh, you'll have an offense that'll have to be more free free flowing, going less through the point guard because you don't have Tony Parker out there either. Right. So so um, what we what we're seeing in the preseason right now is, uh, I think, a lot more off ball movement. Uh, You're they're still working things around the post, but you, you have. Uh, you have wings setting screens for Lamarcus before he catches the ball, and you have uh, he's he's being given a lot more options coming out of the post. And I, I think we're going to see plenty of post activity throughout the season, uh, not only from the bigs, but uh, I think the teams will uh, the team will make use of Kawhi Leonard's skills in the post and uh, new arrival Rudy Gay's as well. Both wings uh, are capable of taking their guys down there, and I think that'll uh, open things up for the offense, and it'll also make up for the the fact that. This is a team that doesn't really quite have that much in terms of uh, shot creation with dribble penetration. So it's going to have to be through um, that off-ball movement. And um, I think uh, you'll see that the post is one of the fulcrums for that. They should have more shooting. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about their roster. And they have really, last year they had David Lee, they had Dwayne Dedman, they had Pau Gasol, they had uh, a lot more of these traditional big guys. This year, I mean, we're looking at more minutes for guys like Davis Bertans. We're looking for more minutes like for guys like Kyle Anderson and maybe Bryn Forbes. And we'll talk about DeJounte Murray, who Spurs fans can't stop talking about um, right now. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about this, those, those sorts of things. And, and Rudy Gay, it sounds like they're going to go play small a little bit more. Um, but they haven't totally like removed sort of their identity. So it, I'm very curious to see how it plays out because it, like I said, the Spurs do not look look a little different than I expected when I watched them in the preseason. I thought we'd see a little bit more. Last year, the offense was very, you know, dribble centric. You know, it was a lot of Kawhi Leonard just sort of making shit happen. <laughs> you know, I don't think people really grasp that until they they, they looked at the uh, front of the jersey, not the back. Um, so, but we'll see how that. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out because it is a subtle shift in how they play, but I don't know if it's like going to be enough because against the really good teams last year, I think they really had trouble putting the ball in the basket, you know, certainly against the Warriors at times. And if that continues, I think that will really hurt, but it might not. It sounds like they may have more ability to score this year. Oh yeah. Everybody shoots the three. Everyone on the roster shoots the three. And like you said, they had Dwayne Dedman, they had David Lee, they had guys that not only didn't shoot the three, but (laughs) you didn't even want them shooting it. If there was a desperation shot, right? right? Uh, and now everyone everyone can shoot the three. I think what you saw, saw in the preseason is what you're going to see a lot of during the regular season, which is uh, we're relying on two bigs as much as we can in order to limit the amount of time, the amount of wear and tear that you have asking guys to step up and move from three to four and four to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll they'll absolutely have that offense available when they need to. And again, that was some of the best uh, unit, some of the best units that they had last year were small ball units. Um, And they actually scored against, obviously they, you know, without Tony and without Kawhi in the Western conference finals, they couldn't score at all. 
But uh, against the top three and four teams, they scored very well during the regular season. Of course, the game changes in the playoffs. But I mean, it, everything goes everything goes out when your when your best player, uh, you know, yeah. is, is sitting in street clothes. Let's add some Twitter questions. We had a few of them. Uh, this one, I actually, am, I'm also really curious about from Min Timberwolves. Uh, how does Rudy Gay fit in to the Popovich system? Obviously, his history is that he is a bit of a one-dimensional sort of got kind of makes guys teams worse type of player, empty stats guy. But so it was interesting to see the Spurs pursue him. Bruno, how is he going to fit in? So it looks like he'll be sliding in uh, both in, at the three and the four. We you'd think off the bench. And, uh, off the bench at least to start it it seems like kyle anderson uh pop trusts and he's turned to him in the past to sort of step in and start for injured uh players so uh rudy gay would seemingly be fitting in with that second unit to start and he'll be one of those few guys who can you you know you can go and go to and get buckets uh aside from that i think he'll he'll buy in just fine uh, he, we, we've seen him comfortably stepping out and hitting those spot up looks from from three point range. Uh, he, you can go to him in the post, and uh, he's he's. I think he's always been a bit of an underrated passer, and I think we should see uh, a bit more of that as well as as he settles into that uh, into the Spurs system. Do you think he'll buy in temperament wise? Oh yeah, I think yeah, I think so. The Yodi called himself a spur for life. <laughs> <laughs> A I mean, spur for no. life that's on a one-year contract with a second-year player option. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Funny hey, how that works. We're, talking, you, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about whether or not it'll happen. We're talking about mindset, right? We're talking about <laughs> attitude. Yeah. And people, know, people around the league know what is expected from them if they're going to join the Spurs, right? It's Pop's way or the highway. So to have somebody come in, regardless of what his, what his reputation is, if he's saying stuff like that, if he's continuing to move the ball – if it's not, you know, the Rudy Gay show for for the second unit as soon as he hits the floor, then I, I have no issues with, with how with how much he's fitting in at all. The only reason I worry about it is that they said these things about Richard Jefferson and he didn't quite it, whether it wasn't necessarily because he didn't want to, but he just couldn't grasp it. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that. But they certainly need a little bit more athleticism at the four, and they can now roll out Leonard Green and Gay on the wings with. Uh, a Marcus and a point guard. I think those are really interesting lineups. Um, from Corbin Ford Watson, uh, this was something that I've been wondering about as well. Again, a lot of things with the Spurs, you sort of have to trust them. But like, why didn't they keep Jonathan Simmons? And what happened there this summer? Once again, uh, the details are uh, not really out there in terms of kind of what they did. I think at one point, Simmons's camp said that he never got any uh, offer, I think. Um, but it, it's hard to say. Uh, I, I think Simmons was obviously great in the, the playoffs, uh, but his uh, production during the regular season is, is certainly something that can be replaced. He didn't uh, shoot particularly well from downtown, which is uh, something that this team is obviously emphasizing a lot, along with passing. And, uh, you, you know, as, as, as good as Simmons was and as, as much as he's progressed and as great of a story as it was um, coming uh, as a, a, a D-League tryout uh, to, uh, you know, sort of playoff hero against the Rockets, he's, um, he, he may not have uh, fit, the, fit the mold uh, as much as they, they would have liked, I think. You, you say he was great in the playoffs. He scored a lot of points in the playoffs. He wasn't efficient. He still hit like 43, 44%. Even in, the, even in the Warriors series where everybody was talking about so much, he wasn't a part of the rotation during the regular season. So there were things that Pop didn't like at that point. Otherwise, he would have, he would have been playing more. 
right? It was it was the question throughout the regular season. Is it I mean, is it going to be Kyle Anderson or is it going to be Jonathan Simmons? And Simmons picked up towards the end of the season. But I think I think there was there were culture fit issues. I think that also the, the Spurs held all the cards with him as well. They didn't have to offer him. They they waited to see what the market was was going to set itself with what offers that he got, and then they could match. And then eventually, there weren't any for whatever reason. The, there wasn't much of an appetite for for him. You know, no one was was bidding. There was no bidding war over Simmons. And when Jonathan came, the the the, the rumors that I heard was that Jonathan came to the Spurs and said, uh, you know, uh, I, I I want you guys to to release me so I can go find a place. And there just wasn't an appetite on his part to to stay in San Antonio. It just is a little surprising, I think, to a lot of people to see them let go of a wing player that had showed something. But I think you're right that he was perhaps a little bit overrated because he had a couple big playoff games. He had that big game in the season opener against the Warriors where he dunked mm-hmm. on JaVale McGee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they had these like moments. Uh, and of course, but, he had this. But remember when that was? Mike, do you remember when that was? It was in garbage time. Yes, I remember. Yes. No, <laughs> but it was the last play that's of right the, game. the last play of the game <laughs> and that is when you're supposed to dribble the ball out pop was furious about that play yeah it was highlight reel yeah it was you would twitter you know it was twitter went crazy on it but pop was apparently chewing him out about that again there's all rumors yeah. because he's like you're supposed to dribble that out you're, this is not this is not the jonathan simmons show this is the spurs playing this game so yeah uh, yeah, he, and he had a lot of those yeah chase down blocks you'll recall last year, yeah. but I'd say at least half of them came off of like his own turnovers, <laughs> which is something that people kind of don't really talk about. But yeah, so it, it, his his absence is probably a bit overstated. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like you guys think that they'll miss him very much. Um, but uh, that's another one of those, you know, if, the Spurs, if you're not a Spurs person, you know, no, they will... Right. Why did, how, why, how could they have let him go, right? But then they got <laughs> Brandon Paul, who's essentially... You know, like like Simmons 2.0 or maybe Simmons 0.5. I don't know. Maybe 0.8. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. We actually did get a Brandon Qual question, so I appreciate that you answered that. Do you think you – like, it's interesting to look at this bench, and we're going to get to uh, my favorite question of the bunch. I know has been torturing you uh, both on this one. But, I mean, you look at the bench, and there are a lot of – it doesn't seem like the team is deep, but they're counting on guys like Murray and Anderson and Brandon Paul and even Bryn Forbes and Bertans and these younger players to step into roles. I think that's sort of the big thing that they didn't really replace a lot of the guys they lost, but they obviously believe in these players. So we're going to test to see how much you Spurs fans believe in them. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you are familiar with the game Do Mary Kill, yes? Yes. Yes. Yes, so we have an NBA version we play called Max Play Trade, which is fairly simple. You have to pick one player to max, and sort of like this is like my favorite, one player to kind of play and see what they have, but you don't really have much of an opinion on, and one player to get rid of or trade or let go of. It was not who you do not see in the future of this team among these three. And obviously you would love to keep all three, so you have to choose, though. Um, Let's Max Play Trade this. Uh, DeJounte Murray. Davis Bertans and Kyle Anderson. Who are you maxing? You cut, who are you trading? Who are you playing? You, you cut me to the quick, Mike. This is this is brutal. This mm-hmm. is so rude. Oh, you, you weren't there when I had. We did it for the Bucks, and we did max play trade with like Jabari Parker, Thon McCurr, and Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> it could be a lot yeah. worse. <laughs> 
you are not a nice man. This is this is this is rude. Um, it's the worst too because uh, because I love Davos Bertans. I'm like my heart. I'm just like I have, I have this huge. I just I just am so I feel so invested in wanting him to succeed, but I've got to max Dejounte uh, and and I've got to I've got to trade uh, Davos. It's awful. Bruno, what do you got? Uh, I was hoping JR would say something different, but that was the the same I was going to say. Actually, um, Dejounte uh, makes would make absolutely the most sense for a max. Uh, Kyle Anderson has a special place in my heart, and Davis I think maybe would have a bit more trade value as well. So uh, I think he would also make the most sense to trade on that level. I don't think these are players that like the national audience really knows that well. I mean, we saw yeah. Murray have that big, a couple big playoff moments. He had that big game against the Cavs on ABC uh, when Parker was injured. Uh, Bertans is kind of good for like one. Holy crap, he dunked that <laughs> move. And obviously, Anderson is sort of a fun player for his own aesthetic reasons with the slow mo. But like, why are Spurs fans so excited about Dejounte Murray? Like, what exactly is it about him that? We should think like, oh man, this guy could really be not just a, an interesting young player, but like the point guard of the future. Yeah, it it's it begins with his defense. He already understands team defense, the Spurs style of defense, uh, to the point where at the in against against the Warriors, he was filling in, stopping the ball in transition, moving into open space in between his man. And the guy that had the ball watching two guys while the rest of the the team made its way down, shading towards his man and then immediately coming off his man uh, to to pick the ball off and 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 you do a a steal streak and score. Uh, that kind of stuff from a from a rookie and that kind of a, a understanding, you can't play in San Antonio. Pop's not going to play you unless you can play defense. So that's the first thing. And then he shows he shows flashes on offense. He's got a lot to learn on that end. But the fact that his defense is already as elevated as, as he as it is, the Spurs the Spurs turned Bruce Bowen into a guy that could play regularly and hit the hit the quarter three. If they could do that from a guy as limited as Bowen was, this guy is so much talent. He's so quick. He's so athletic. He he really glides across the floor. And and he pulls those plays out every once in a while that shows you a flash, and and he's he's starting to show basketball IQ as well. I'm just that that's that's the I guess guess that's my short list. Bruno, did I miss anything? Um, no, not really. Uh, I think Spurs fans in general are so used to you know the Spurs t- using that last last pick in the first round on that. 25 year old rookie or whatever. So here, here comes DeJounte, this 19 year old um, with all of the uh, sort of measurables that you want in a, in a prospect. And so it's this like nice piece of clay for, you know, one of the best uh, teams to, to mold into some, into what they, what they need. And, and I think that's, that, that's where a lot of the excitement uh, came from to begin with. Yeah, he's 20. Now he just turned 20. Just um, turned 21. Oh, just turned 21. Uh, no, he just turned. Tw- oh yeah, he just turned twenty-one. Yes, just turned twenty-one. Played thirty-eight games last year, averaged three point four points per game. Obviously a rookie, but we're talking about when we say flashes, we're talking about flashes. Like we're not talking about like long flashes. We're talking about. I mean, what would you call like a super short flash? We're talking about like <laughs> a you're micro in- flash. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about like you're uh, getting your eye exam and you see the uh, little word sort of sneak across the screen. Flashes. Yes. Those sorts of yeah, flashes. It's real, it's real small. Well, they had him going back and forth 
for, uh, between San Antonio and Austin last year, trying to get him playing time. He was really raw. He had a very high dribble, got picked all the time. Mm -hmm. And he really needed practice running those pick and rolls that he just was not going to. There was the Spurs didn't have time for him uh, during the regular season on the big club. So he was going down, uh, putting on the Austin Spurs jersey uh, on Friday. And then he was going back to San Antonio to put on uh, a San Antonio Spurs practice jersey on Saturday. And they threw him back and forth. The exact same thing they did with Corey Joseph for a couple of years. And it, it's it's just the way that the Spurs do thing. You you're not going to see a whole lot. It's like what did Kawhi Leonard do in the first year that he was in San Antonio besides stand in the corner, waiting for the ball to 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 swing to him so he could shoot a three and play defense. That was it. And yeah. then in the second year it was a little bit more. And the third year it was a little bit more. That's the way the that's the way Spurs bring players along. Well, they're going to need to bring him along pretty fast this year though because Parker's injured mm. and. I imagine is Murray going to start? I think Patty or is Patty Mills going to start? I think it's going to be Murray. What do you think, Bruno? I think Murray. Yeah, um, you, you hear the players talking, and he's he's probably looking at yeah twenty five, uh, sometimes thirty minutes each night is uh, what they're expecting, and uh, they generally like to keep Patty with that second unit, and they'll let Murray uh, learn on the fly with the with the the old guys, the starters. That's asking a lot of someone to do that for a title contender at age 21. I mean, is there any concern that he's not up for it this time, at, at this early? I mean, how long is Parker going to be out now at this point? Well, they're thinking December, which means probably late December, maybe early January, which is the initial number that they or the initial date that they gave out. So um, you say it's a lot uh, for someone to carry. But the interesting thing about the Spurs is that they don't rely on their point guard for a lot of assists. They 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 bring down the ball and and. And, and they initiate the offense, and then they move around setting picks like everybody else. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that Pop is always preferred to leave the – if the injured player comes from the starters, he's always preferred to leave the rotation alone, the, the rotation alone, right? Mm -hmm. He wants to leave everybody where they are. He wants to preserve the continuity of the second unit, and he brings a third-string third guy into – the fur into the starters and he lets that lets them take a little bit less of a role and everybody else who's a starter steps up and they kind of hide that player that way and and so in the midst of all of this you've got a guy who's just got all this raw talent that really needs reps that really needs to just be cramming his 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 brain right he essentially needs a brain dump from the nba of experience and different situations and 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 in failing in different ways to to kind of find out you know what we what he needs to be doing and it's the perfect situation i mean you don't want tony parker going down but i mean this guy just needs playing time yeah and and while while you know murray gets that education on offense i think he's going to be an absolute blast on defense uh, when when you see his yeah. length when you see his length uh, uh beside danny green Kawhi leonard lamarcus aldridge Pau gasol the spurs have a long uh defensive lineup to start out the game and just give uh, other teams hell and uh, I think they're going to start letting DeJounte uh, gamble a bit, uh, you know, hone his instincts, get in the lanes, and uh, should make for uh, some some fun highlights in the open floor as well. Well, major vote of confidence that they didn't sign a point guard this summer for him <laughs> because he knew <laughs> that they were involved in all sorts of rumors, even not just Chris Paul. I mean, there was all this talk about George Hill coming back, uh, and they didn't do that. So, And now he's going to get his chance. It does seem a little bit like Tony Parker 2002-ish. A yeah, little bit, but definitely. of course the problem is that 
it, it's harder to hide someone who really doesn't have a jumper at this stage. I mean, everybody's just going to go under all those screens with him, and they're going to help off him. And so I think he's going to need to – I guess it's good practice to learn how to deal with all those. But, you know, maybe they can play with more shooting on the floor now with uh, Murray there so they're not necessarily, you know, playing – a traditional lineup, maybe. He, but, I mean, he's going to play with Pau Gasol and Aldridge. Maybe if they shoot more threes, that'll help. But if he's half as good as you guys think, I'm really fascinated to see because uh, I, I mean, I, there are some things I like about him. I just don't know enough about him, so I'm curious to see how this all plays out. You know, did the Spurs uncork another gem late in the draft? I know there are a lot of teams that should have taken him before that were kicking themselves when they when he took them, but I, when he, the Spurs took him. So, uh Couple little prop questions, and then we'll go to the final stuff. Uh, over under six anti Donald Trump monologues from Greg Popovich <laughs> this year. Under. Under. Why under? Uh, he didn't have six last year. Oh, did he not? How many do you have? No, it was. Uh, there was the initial one. There was the second one right afterwards. There was, I think he had four last year. I want to say four, probably either four or five, maybe five. Yeah, but there's also Trump is doing more things that would provoke a provoke a <laughs> rant. I would think, right? Right, right. But that's but that's Trump, right? I I think uh, no. I think the first one was just over the election and and all the the reaction. I think if anything, yeah. I mean the 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 umbrage is there, the outrage is there, the anger and the sadness is there. But uh, I I don't. I don't I don't see I don't see the I'm like, what's the story at this point? Pop's still upset at Trump. Um, <laughs> Trump's still a- a- angers pop. Pop's still uh, embarrassed by the United States. I mean, it's like it's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, after a while, the media stops asking because that's what happens. It's not like pop walks into these press sessions and goes, all right, guys. I got to talk to you about this. No, oh, they, well, he they, did that they one ask. time. Right. I mean, he basically was like, I, I want to talk about this. That was the election. That was the election. But I still think he was asked about it first. And that was right. definitely what happened in, at training camp because he walked in ready. The first two questions were basketball related. He was in there. And then w- after he had his rant at the end, he essentially signaled that he was done. And he was like, and, and we'll also have pick and rolls and we'll also have you know, everybody <laughs> laughed at that point. Um, but he essentially kind of exited that one himself. So, no, I think this is I think as anything, it's it's about whether something happens who needs to ask him a particular question that kind of signals that. Right. And I just don't know how many more, I, I don't know where the story goes, right? Like wh- what story do you want to write? Um, I, it's like the old hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, uh, thing. You know, like, uh, what are we going to say? Dolphins still missing. I mean, the story <laughs> doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I guess, um, first of all, I, this is my mistake. I should not call it a rant. It was very well thought out. <laughs> um, True. you know, Sorry. first of all, that that's, that's my fault. I should not, it's, they're definitely not rants. Um, second of all, I guess like what we're really asking is over under six really dumb, really dumb things that Donald Trump does this year to provoke Greg Popovich is really what we're asking. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's hammer the over. Question, right? <laughs> hammer the over there. All right. Uh, other Popovich prop-related question. Uh, which game will you see his grumpiest sideline reporter interview this year and why? Oof, um, that's... That's a tough one to predict. Um, uh, it, it's it's going to be. It, it's not going to be during a blowout, like when they're when they're losing. I think that, that's rare as those are. I think um, it'll be somewhere where they're up by a few points, but probably not. Uh, still not performing to his standards. Uh, so let's let's go with like I don't know um, in a in a way game against the Hornets in like 
December, January. Well, that's not a national that's TV cool. game, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, it's got to be national TV because he's not going to go off on anybody local. Ooh, good point. So yeah, um, they have 24 national TV games this year. 11 ESPN, yeah. 4 ABC, 9 TNT. It, this is a schedule-based thing, right? This, is, this isn't one of those logic deals. You've got here, – here are the ones that I think that, that you, you can really start rel- – after the All-Star break, mm-hmm. right? Late February, early March sets up for an ABC game on Saturday against, in, in Oklahoma City against the Thunder or an ESPN game the very next day. This is middle of March now on ESPN because that's three games in a row against the Warriors on Thursday, against the Thunder on Saturday, against the Rockets on Monday. And that's TNT, ABC, ESPN there. I think that's your probably if – you're, if you're betting – those are the three to, to, to throw your money on when he's really going to go off. That's a much better answer. <laughs> is, there a, is there a way to bet this? Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. There but are some interesting would, props out there. I, as, as a Spurs fan, I would say I wouldn't put money on this. If you're a betting person, if you're looking to do props on that, I think that's your best stretch to bet on. But I would say don't, stre- don't do it because uh, since a couple of years ago, his sideline report – his sideline reporting – uh, interactions have been a lot more subdued because he was starting to turn into this cult figure where he's just like, watch Pop go off on this guy, you know, yeah. everybody. <laughs> and he has withdrawn since then and he's been, because he was kind of, not that he was turning into a caricature, but he didn't want to play to what was, ex- he never wants to play to what's expected. Right. And they were expecting him to go off on these people. He's actually started being nice to the same kinds of reporters. I'm not going to say who they are. Right, but uh, ball, ball, ex-ball players, ex-coaches always get the best pop. Yeah. So you're saying that this year we're going to get a very detailed dissection of how to play ice the pick and roll during winter <laughs> no, days. But, no, what I'm saying is, <laughs> people, and he, he've already saw it last last year. There were a lot fewer. Oh, that re- that sideline reporter just got popped. The worst he will do at this point, I think, is just give his one or two word answers yeah. where they're like, "Well." That was five words and two questions. I guess we're done. By the way, I love how like the reason you had not to bet on Greg Popovich sideline reporter interviews was not because that's a ridiculous thing to get to lose your money on, <laughs> but actually had a real answer to this. <laughs> I like pop that. Watching is, pop watching is as much fun as watching the Spurs. Yeah, honestly. no, absolutely. And then here's the last one I want to ask before we talk about this year. We ask it to everybody on the show uh, that we've done. You get three Spurs players from all time to join you on your banana boat, i.e. LeBron, D-Wade, CP, and Mello. It's you and three other Spurs from their history. You get to pick the three people you want to hang out with most for whatever reasons you have. Uh, Bruno, who are your three Spurs of all time that you'd want on the boat with you? Give me the uh, give me the bros stories crew. I don't know if you've watched um, Boris Diaz's little YouTube series. I have not. Where- where he um he has uh some of his former teammates join him for uh, some some cappuccinos at a what I presume uh-huh. is his house, um but uh it's, it's oh I'm watching it's this now sort of, I, I didn't know this it's, existed it's just it's, it's very laid amazing. back conversation yeah. between um him and uh, I believe it's Tony Parker Manu uh Pat and Patty so out of those three I would uh, take Patty Manu and uh, obviously Boris basket still basketball's most interesting man. <laughs> That's a good answer, but that's not my answer. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Manu Ginobili. I gotta go. Uh, Tim, because away from cameras, he's apparently an entirely different guy. Yeah. And 
and, uh, and let's assume he knows that you're not like quote unquote media. Okay, right. Well, if I'm a fan and I'm not media, then it's Tim, Manu, and I want to say probably the guy that would make both of them uh, as comfortable as possible and just facilitate as many cool things happening, and that's Fabricio Berto. Hmm. <laughs> you know, for a team that, like, is so buttoned up, they have a lot of options. Like, maybe you said J- Steven Jackson I thought would have been yep. an interesting one, uh, especially around Duncan. Um, you said Patty Mills, uh, Dial, obviously, Ginobili. Uh, some of those other guys that kind of rolled through uh, during the championship years. You didn't mention any, like you wouldn't want Dennis Rodman on there, I guess. Uh, some oh folks in the past, blast from the past, you know, with that. Uh, no, there are a lot of interesting ones. I'm very curious to see the answers. But I think we agree that Duncan is probably someone we should have on there, unless we're doing, again, you do have to think a bit about boat chemistry. So I like the Boris Diaw show pick because those people already have something worked in together. I just would I would pay money to hear Duncan just naturally talking in his Caribbean accent. Man. I like mean that. the only I mean I just just that enough right there would be would be enough for price for admission for me. Well I, I'm looking forward to this boat. Uh there are a lot of good options here and we've very curious to see what Spurs fans would say, by the way, because you know, there is a combination factor that you have to consider. So let's talk about these season and these predictions. Um I mean, let's start with like, the big basic question. Like Last year, the Spurs did have a 23-point lead against the Warriors until Zaza's ankle struck, uh, or I guess Zaza's foot. And his so ankle I... strike, his foot struck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, how confident, Bruno, do you think Spurs fans are that they can compete with the Warriors, given what happened last year and given what the Warriors and Spurs did this summer? Like, is this – are they f- just as close? Are they further away? You know, where, where are you looking at uh, at that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of Spurs still, you know, harken back to the that uh, that first half of Game One, and I think that's how you have to assess it because that's when the you know the team was uh, at cl- close to full strength, and that's uh, that's close to the version that we'll be seeing this season. Um, the Warriors obviously got a little better, which is never ideal, and there are the the new uh, Western powers. But um, this team, when it's uh, when it's at full strength and clicking, um, should be should be close to as good as anybody. I think. How many games would that series have gone had Kawhi Leonard stayed healthy? I mean, I think still you people would want to give the edge to Golden State, and I wouldn't fault them. But I, I think six or seven is 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 realistic if uh, Spurs steal Game One in, in, at Oakland. And they probably would have. Let's be real. Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously the Warriors would have come back a little bit. But I mean, here's the thing: I think about how the Spurs play the Warriors, and I'm curious, you know, to hear what you think about this. I've always felt that on paper it's not a good matchup but what the spurs do that other teams don't do is they don't look at it as we and i talked about this on our live show that we did uh Nation did on friday i've talked about this in a few other places the spurs actually try to impose their game on the warriors they don't look at it as like we got to find an answer for this problem with the warriors they say we're going to play low turnover we're going to play pound the offensive glass you know we're just whenever they get on a run we're going to call it immediate timeout and we're we're going to play our game and they look at it as more of I'm just really too bad Ben's not on this podcast cuz he loves this word but they look at it as more of a holistic strategy they don't look at it as like plugging a bunch of holes and so that to me has always been why I think they I mean, I don't think that they're going to beat them because I think ultimately Aldridge has proven that he does, he really struggles against them. They haven't figured out how to score in tight situations against the Warriors. 
But I think they had themselves the best chance because they they play the game differently. They look at it as a stylistic problem that you don't solve the Warriors by finding out, oh, we're going to put this guy on Duran and this guy on, on Steph and blah, blah, blah. It's that we have to play a whole different style of game that other teams just don't really look at in the same way. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you, you, you notice that because the Spurs will switch stuff. They, won't, they, they don't do the, well, who, who's Kawhi going to guard? Well, he's going to guard, you know, whoever's around him after the after the Warriors or send everybody through a ton of picks. Uh, but no, you're right. I, Popovich and and the guys who designed uh, all all of the assistants that help design defenses and and work so hard in the film rooms and and spend so much put in so much time finding wrinkles and and getting the the situations that they want. Those guys work so hard around taking teams out of what they're most efficient at and forcing them into what they like to do that's less efficient. We saw and that with happened. Houston for sure. Yes. I mean, that's how they, yes. they won that series. A series I thought that they were going to lose. Oh, yeah. You, like, you, you, you look at the first game and it's not even going to be, I mean, it's a complete joke. And then you look after game three and you're like, okay, well, they're up 2-1 now. I mean, like, how could, I mean, and then they just, they just ground it out. They just, again, they, they, they said, okay, you like to do this first, and that's hugely efficient. So we're going to sell out to stop you from doing that. We're going to allow you to do these other things that you're not quite as good at. And, and, and they somehow find ways to win in that. And, and so, no, they, that, that's absolutely the way that, that they work. And, um, and one other thing about that, by the way, that I think is important to connect the two points is that they, they had that defensive strategy, but at the same time, they did not let the Rockets play hard and on the power forward. They attacked him. And yeah. so it was a, it was an all sides game plan. They didn't just think like we got to stop them here. They looked at it as like sort of everything connects to each other. Mm. And when Harden is going to, if Harden wants to bang around and do that stuff, like he's going to be tired. And I think that's the same thing they do with when they play the Warriors that generally when they do succeed, why they have succeeded more than any other team has is that they don't turn the ball over a lot or they try not to. They play. I mean, the other thing, too, is that, I mean, the Warriors, for all their great defensive talent, like just don't. There's like not a great matchup for Kawhi Leonard's type on that team. It doesn't mean that they can't. I mean, nobody can stop him, but that doesn't mean that they can't guard him. But I I feel like their defense is not built to stop a guy like that, whereas it might be built more to stop a Harden or a Westbrook. Man, that's interesting, especially with uh, what came out last week with the Warriors really saying we don't find or essentially someone doing the research and saying the Warriors really don't find Westbrook difficult to right. guard. Right. And, and that's interesting. I don't think I'd looked at their roster in quite that way. Um, and depending on how, how, uh, how Rudy Gay comes along, there's a lot of similarities. Obviously Rudy Gay is not quite Leonard. I'm not saying he is, but you've got two players that are very, very similar in some ways. Um, and there's like, if you can't guard, if they can't guard those and kind of make it difficult to guard on the other side, but it's just, it's, it's maximizing your strengths, minimizing other guys, uh, the other guy's strengths playing off of his, not weaknesses, but just asking them to do stuff that they like to do that they just aren't quite as good at and selling out to stop the other that they prefer. And, um, I don't, I don't think that there are enough, uh, other basketball minds in, in the NBA that, that see and strategize in quite that way and Bruno what do you think their chances are realistically this year to the chance 
to to contend. No, to, to if they play the Warriors, like realistically, can they play them as well as they did last year? Are they going to play them better? You know, because they they do have the problem still of who does Pau Gasol guard, who's Rudy Gay guard is now going to be a whole big question. Um, their offense still has its issues, especially if Murray does not improve his shot. Uh, Aldridge has always struggled against the Warriors and Draymond Green, um, except for I guess a couple. He had a great game one. Obviously, but other than that, I mean, do you think their chances are better or worse than they were last year? I, well, I think last year um, was a process, and the, the team that you saw at the beginning it it it, it changed. You know, you had Pau Gasol starting, going to the bench, learning to shoot threes. You had um, Kawhi's game uh, evolving. So, what you're seeing now, and the 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 way we're sort of conceiving this team, uh, is going to change. So, you have to. When, when you sort of imagine them matching up with the Warriors in the playoffs, uh, you, you do have to have this faith that there there's or this idea that they're going to try and work a lot of these things out. Like you said, DeJounte is um, is still raw uh, and there's a lot of new pieces to, to implement, uh, put into place. But uh, I, I think that with the, just as it was last year as a process, I think that they, they can get there. I think there's um, uh, you can see the makings of a, of a team that can be a real problem for uh, for everyone in the West. How do Spurs fans react when the Warriors get brought up? <laughs> I'm just like curious about this. Do they like respect in the same way? Is there like a, like, is there a, because we all think that there's sort of an inevitability to them. But like when you talk, if you talk about this in your comments section, like what's the, <laughs> what's the thought process like that you generally see? What's the mood of like kind of, do they, are they held in reverence? Are they seen as overrated? I mean, I'm just kind of curious where that... It depends It depends on whether the, the, the comments are, are being structured around the team or around the team patting itself on the back. <laughs> because there's, there's a certain amount of that, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, that, it's, that it's good or bad. It's just, it's a matter of taste, right? Yeah. And, and, and the Spurs... Right. Like somebody who's going to cheer for the Spurs is going to get used to the fact that they never pound their chests. They never pop their jerseys and, and yell and scream and stand underneath the, 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 the goal after they dunk. Right. So there's a certain amount of just th- those guys are different. That's not going to jibe with your average Spurs fan. And so I think that's where the, the worst of it is. They recognize the talent. They, re- they respect uh, what they're capable of accomplishing. And I, I just think it's fingernails on a chalkboard whenever Draymond Green, you know, kind of <laughs> talks the way he did last week. Yeah, there's definitely layers to it. You're talking about his uh, comments about nobody had an effing chance, right? Or are you talking about something else? No, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're talking about those. I mean, he's yeah. not wrong, but <laughs> I know it's just. I mean, the thing that's so easy, I think, imagine for Spurs fans to respect is that the Warriors do sacrifice so much. They do play defense. They do yeah. work as a team. But yeah, they basically have that extra spice of then they show, then they celebrate about it that the Warriors yeah. don't, that the Spurs don't have. So it's fascinating. Uh, all right, let's put our money when our our fake money where our mouth is, even though we have no money to spend. Uh, Bruno, how many wins do they get, and what seed? Uh, give me 59 wins and we'll put them at, put them at the two seed. We'll, 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 we'll imagine that, uh, the Rockets are still going to have, have their issues and, uh, OKC is going to, going to struggle a little bit more out of the gate than we, we think. I guess I should also ask, we didn't even talk about this, but it's relevant is like, so are you more or less scared of the Rockets and Thunder this year than they were last year? 
well, there was no fear about the thunder at all, right? I mean, right. Was, yeah, oh yeah. Well, the thunder, of course, yes. Right. So, of course, the thunder. There's more fear. Uh, I mean, they're 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 much better roster uh, this year than they were last. As as far as Houston is concerned, man, I was really pulling from Melo to to the Rockets because the face plant potential of that roster was just <laughs> it would have been epic. It would have been absolutely off the charts, and I was I was just really I had my fingers crossed for that, but it didn't happen. Uh, so you've got two guys that are very, very ball centric that have to work out how to share. I love, I love Chris Paul. I think he's phenomenal. The one thing about him is that he, uh, the NBA is a, is a, is a league of, um, cruising for most of it and then sprinting for a short part of it. Mm-hmm. 82 game season it's way too much to tr- to try your hardest every single game 48 minute game it's way too long to try your hardest every single minute so you pick and choose when you go chris paul is is one of the elite guys playing at 75 to 80% of his capability uh when the playoffs come and it and and you have to extend the where you're sprinting unfortunately the, the history shows that his body breaks down uh, so I think it's brilliant that they're putting him in with Harden because both of those guys can play the exact same role. Harden's ability to hit guys across the court with pinpoint passes while on the move is, is I think, one of the things that he just doesn't get enough credit for. Paul is amazing at just organizing an entire offense. And, and Paul is, is arguably the, the one player that the Spurs have the least number of answers for as far as defending right, is concerned. Right. He eats them alive. So putting him in the, on the Rockets just by themselves, even if they didn't have Harden, that would be more fearful. And yet I still have this thing in the back of my head. James Harden essentially laid down and took a nap in game six last year. Mm-hmm. If he's, he's shown, now this does not mean he will do it again, but we're also talking about you know how much fear there is. And, and in that context, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if you pop him in the mouth, not physically, obviously, but metaphorically, if you pop him in the mouth often enough, and Manu's block at the end of game five essentially sapped his spirit. He had mm-hmm. nothing left the next game. If that's possible once, then you think, is it possible again? And that's the reason why I think across the board, there's just a, a lack of maybe the kind of fear that that you that the rest of the league would have when looking at that roster. Got it. So, Bruno, do you agree that if you? I mean, here's another way of putting the question: Which you're going to have to be one of those teams to get to the Warriors, unless you slip to the fourth seed. Which team would you rather see in that matchup, in that second round matchup between the, the Rockets and the Thunder? That's tough. Uh, I think they both have certain strengths that are that are going to test the Spurs. Um, I, I worry about the. F- the flaws that Oklahoma city has more than, uh, the Rockets. So I think I would take the thunder. Uh, I'm not sure about how some of those lineups are going to look in terms of either spacing or rebounding. And I like the way the Spurs can typically exploit whatever those weaknesses are in, in opponents. JR, do you agree, even though you just went in this whole soliloquy about why you don't trust the Rockets, would you rather see this thunder or would you rather see the Rockets in round two? The later you see Chris Paul, I think the more likely the body is breaking down. So I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for the Rockets. I actually put them pretty, pretty much side by side in that neither, like both teams formidable, but I'm not worried about either team. Mm. And regardless of the seed, I think regardless of the seed, I think the, I think the, the Spurs have a really strong, strong, uh, shot at making it to the Western conference finals again. 
All right. Uh, last question real quick. Assuming that his uh, quad is not royally messed up, mm-hmm. is Kawhi Leonard winning the MVP this year? As long as he's healthy, yeah. You have yes? Bruno, you say yes? I say yes. I say yes as well, too. I think that he will. Although my dark horse is uh, for the narrative favorite is Kyrie Irving, but that's just... Ooh, that would, ooh, that would be fun. Man, if he just goes on a tear. Yeah, that's my dark horse. Yeah, that's my like dark horse narrative candidate. ESPN I'd like had to a see really... the odds on that. Yeah, that, oh, good point. That would be a good bet, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, like ESPN had a great, great piece on just historically, numerically, where do MVPs come from? Yeah, I saw that. That was great. And and it was I mean it's like Kawhi checks every single one of those boxes except for one, so just like historically like looking at that I mean like everything is set up for him to play so of course Pop's going to hold him out for the first three <laughs> four weeks so that it, it completely trash that chance because we can't have another Spurs MVP right Oh man now here's a question last thing I want to ask like do do Spurs fans care if he wins MVP Yeah they care Yeah they do You think so So it's not like the organization where it's like. Because the thing is, if he wins MVP, you lose that chip on your shoulder a little bit if nobody pays attention to us. That's well, no, because they're still going to say, well, sure, but he didn't get the kind of uh, I mean, like if those people who want to hold that up as as their, you know, know, nobody respects this card are still going to do that because Kweiss is not going to be in in a whole bunch of commercials. He's not going to be all over the place. I did like that. I did like that Jordan Brand commercial, by the way. Oh my goodness, it's fantastic! But he doesn't say a word, right? All the personality personality comes from the guy and those two kids debating, which was a phenomenal, just such a great written commercial. I'm 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 all in for MVP Kawhi just to see that, just to see Nike give their top flight uh, commercial writers. Uh, and point them at Kawhi Leonard. Sell this guy, right? right? But when is the last time an MVP didn't have his own signature shoe when he won MVP? Wait, he doesn't. Kawhi I thought no I thought he has his own shoe. He or has, does he not? He has. He has a. He has a, a. He has a shoe within the Jordan brand, but he doesn't have his own shoe. Oh, I thought he did. Well, he should. I guess the, the, sale, the sales problem is is right there. Uh, yeah, he should. Um, interesting. I, yeah, I guess he does have his Jordan brand. Uh, over under how many times Kawhi Leonard is caught smiling this year? I'm going to set the line at nine. Over. 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 Yeah, he was he was smiling like a maniac in China. And oh, that's really, right, he was. That's right. It was really not that that difficult to catch him uh, on the court anymore. The first few years was, I think, now that he is confident that he knows where he where he where he is and where his space within the then within the N- NBA hierarchy, like the pecking order, that there's uh, that there's that he's he, he loosens up a little bit more in that way. But of course, as soon as as soon as they blow the whistle, he turns into a maniac again. <laughs> uh, finally, Bruno, over under how many words in his uh, now that they have the award show, if you were to win MVP, and so he has to go up there and like talk like it's the Oscars, how many words in that speech? Over under sixty. Oh, I was gonna say the under, no matter what you, what, whatever number you threw out there. <laughs> you say yeah. the under because it because there's a good chance he doesn't even show up, and someone and yeah. like Pop is there to accept it for him. And oh, he, whatever it is, half of those words will be good. Uh, good <laughs> is one of is one of his go to uh, affectations. Did he did he show last year? I thought they they all the top three came. They did. They did. I didn't, I didn't see him. Wasn't there, did in, he? he was not in the building. Oh, he didn't show. Ooh, no, interesting. <laughs> he, he wasn't in the building. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a big problem with naming him MVP right there. They want to sell that award show. But it was obvious that he hadn't won it, right? Right. I that's mean, like true. the Dream Shake had already done the, all that social engineering around what the actual vote was right. with all the weeks <laughs> that we had in between the vote and when the award ceremony was. So every, like everybody knew that, that that it wasn't Kawhi and it was between you know Harden and Westbrook and Westbrook had the had the best shot at it. Yeah, we're going to have to do some more sleuthing this year to make sure for Kawhi Leonard's own travel plans. There you go. <laughs> like, don't, don't travel, don't travel to China again during these dates. Why is that? Don't, don't worry about it. Just don't. <laughs> anyway, I'm look. I think he should have won last year. Uh, I think that we're usually a year late on these things. I hope he's healthy. But if he's healthy, I mean, he just sets up perfectly for him. And I'm just excited to see what he has in store. And this is a really interesting team in a really interesting spot. And we covered all the bases. So thank you so much, Jr. Wilco and Bruno Passos. Oh, I got it right. All right. Great. Happy to help. It was enjoyable. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mike. You can find him at poundingtherock.com, our uh, terrific over-the-years Spurs blog. It is – I'm jealous of you guys. It's so – you guys have nothing to complain about, and yet you still pump (laughs) out so much stuff every single year, and you have so many discussions and such a robust comment section. It's one of our best communities. Uh, And thank you guys so much for coming on, and let – Until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast. 